prayer requests that we want to remember. Normally we start with these, but thanks, Daryl, for making sure we were getting somewhat on time started. Thank you. Uh, let's remember this. Pat uh, Cimarelli. Uh, this is Kelly's sister-in-law from Kelly Heaton. Prayers for healing. She is not doing well, and the family does not think that she's going to pull through. So let's be praying uh, for Pat and her family. And then let's remember Bill Houck. Uh, Bill has a wound on his foot that is infected and now in his bone. That's from Brian Houck. So let's be in prayer for him. Let's be in prayer for Myrtle Blevins. She's still in the hospital, so please. Oh, she did. Oh, well, that's great to hear. But she is home. Well, that we praise the Lord for that. So Myrtle is at home, and let's keep lifting her up in prayer. Uh, all right, we're going to go to the Lord. Uh, uh, let's see. I want to have our ushers come for our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. That's what I want to do next. And uh, we'll just uh, have a prayer for the offering and for what we're doing tonight. And uh, amen. And uh, Daryl will come around and lead us in a song in just a moment. All right. Brother Billy, would you ask the blessing on the offering? Page 105, 105, first, second, last verse.
last verse, choir, come on up. I am resolved, and who will go with me? Come, friends, without delay. Taught by the Bible, led by the Spirit, the heavenly way.
Savior and the price that was paid. I want to sing about the blood that washed my sins away. Jesus, 
is a river of gladness that pours from Emmanuel's veins. The sinner was plunged beneath the flood of God's sake. Since then I walk in forgiveness. All of my guilt was erased. The chains of the past are broken and last. I got saved. Oh, I got saved. receive nothing but goodness I've tested and tasted his grace I was so lost till I fell at the cross God saved
wow, hadn't it been great to be in the house of the Lord today? I tell you, I just can't think of a better place uh, to be than Nottingham Missionary Baptist Church on a Sunday. And uh, I've enjoyed the day. It's been great. I praise the Lord for it. And you know what? I praise the Lord for a little nap this afternoon. I don't know if you were able to get one or not, uh, but I tell you, I certainly enjoyed mine. Uh, so tonight, we're just going to take a few minutes instead of going to the book uh, of Isaiah, which is where we've uh, been going to, and we're going back there very, very soon. But you know, the, it just, the Lord just really laid this on my heart, and I just couldn't get away from it. And I thought about, well, I've already ready for Isaiah. I've got the last part of chapter 28 all ready to preach, and all my notes are there and everything. But the Lord just kept bringing me back to this. So if you have been, uh, Following Digging Deeper, I don't know if you are, it's on Facebook, uh, on the Nottingham uh, Facebook page every Wednesday from 10 to about 10.20, and uh, we've been doing some Bible studies uh, in there from the uh, general epistles, and uh, we've done uh, Jude, and we've done James, and we've done First and Second Peter, uh, and now we've been in First John for a while, and so if you're following that, then what I'm going to preach tonight is going to sound extremely familiar to you uh, because it was actually Wednesday's lesson. Uh, and so the good news is, is that digging deeper, the messages are 20 minutes long. <laughs> so uh, I, I stay within that 20-minute window. Uh, and if you haven't been following dig, Digging Deeper, Jim, please uh, jump in every Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Uh, we do about 20 minutes and we're still in the general epistles. But I got to say a couple of things before I preach tonight. I, I really have. I've thoroughly enjoyed being in the house of the Lord today. Just the fellowship and, uh, and where's, where's Ben Wolf? Where are you at, Ben? Yeah, has a chance to talk with him Wednesday night and today. And uh, I'm telling you, this is a great guy. I like this guy. Okay, don't get no big head. Okay, I like Harry. Right? So, but I did, I had a great time talking with him and some of the other men of the church uh, that I've uh, had a chance to spend a little, just a little bit more time with. And, uh, and it's just great, the camaraderie that the Lord gives us. Amen. We, the Bible says we're workers together with him. That means we're to work together. Amen. Uh, but I also wanted to say this. I really, really, this is important. Um, every year I try to take the Sunday morning after uh, Christmas to thank the church for all the things that they've done for me uh, during Christmas and I just I don't know how I slipped let that slip past but I never did get around to doing that when I intended to so I want you to know tonight how much I appreciate all that the church did for us they uh, the offering the gift the gifts the uh, cards and you know what I was so impressed very impressed that I was singled out by the Lord's sorority this year. And I appreciate that from the hard rock bottom of my heart. I appreciate that, girls. And uh, so they know who they are. Uh, and uh, it was a real blessing to get that. It really, really was. Uh, but I do, I appreciate, I really do appreciate every expression of love and kindness and generosity during the Christmas season. Uh, that this would have been my 29th Christmas together with you, and they've all been wonderful. Amen. 
even a couple of sad ones that we had to walk through with grief and heartache, but the church rallied around us and gave us strength and help, and I appreciate it. Amen. I really, really do. It makes a great big difference in my life, and I wanted you to know that. Uh, so I want to just take about 20 minutes, Lord willing, uh, and, uh, and talk about confidence. That's the title of the message. It's from the fifth chapter of 1 John, and we're going to begin reading in verse 13. We're just going to read from 13 to 15. Uh, and for those of you who haven't been following Digging Deeper, uh, you can go on the Facebook page and back up. You can scroll down and you can find the context that this comes in because I'm not going to take the time to put it all in context tonight, uh, but the context is there. You can go all the way back to chapter number one of 1 John. It goes back that far, and you can hear each one of the Digging Deepers all the way up. And now, you'll have to go back to November because in the month of December, uh, we, all, we had four Wednesdays uh, on Christmas themes, and all of those were from Luke chapter number two. Uh, but, uh, but in uh, October, November, and now January, we've been studying the book of 1 John. So if you'll stand with us, please, in honor of the reading of the word of God, we'll read verses 12 to verse number, I mean 13 to verse number 15. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Dear Lord, we pray you would help us in the understanding of your word tonight. And we just pray that you might lay your hand of blessing upon our preaching. Lord, you know I'm a weak and a feeble servant at best. And Lord, I certainly have nothing to give this waiting congregation unless it comes from you. So Lord, I pray that you might, uh, Lord, strengthen me and empower me and speak through me tonight that we might take hold of this principle and we'll be careful to give you the praise for we make our prayer in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. You may be seated. Now, I heard most of Derek's Sunday school lesson this morning and man, it was excellent. If you were, you were here for his Sunday school lesson, you know that. It was, a, it was a great, great lesson. And I talked to him after uh, the service this morning a little bit about it. it, it, it where, he, where he went today was, it can be difficult. It can be tricky dealing with that topic. Uh, and, uh, but he did a good job and he managed it very, very well. I was very proud uh, to hear him preaching uh, with such confidence and with assurance and with knowledge of the word of God. And if we're going to live for Jesus, that's what we have to have, is we have to have confidence in him and a knowledge of the word of God. It's important that we know whereof we speak. And so I want to take a few minutes tonight and talk about this confidence that we have. Notice the first verse that we read, verse 13. He says, these things have I written unto you that ye might believe on the name of the Son of God. And notice what he says here, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Now back up to verse 12 and notice what he says there. He says, he that hath the Son hath life and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And then he says in verse 13, I wrote this to you so you would know, you would be confident 
That's what he means here when he says this, that you might know that you have eternal life. I am confident of my eternal salvation. I'm confident of it. I know whereof I speak. I was born into the family of God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ came to me when I was only 12 years old and awakened me to the fact that I was a sinner and I was lost and on my way to hell. And let me tell you, before I got saved, not only did I know that I was going to go to hell if I didn't get saved, but I was afraid I was going to go any minute. Amen? That's, that's the way. And you know what that is? That's conviction. When you begin to feel like, hey, I, I, I'm not saved. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to die. I'm, I'm afraid I might slip off into eternity. I'm afraid I might go to hell. When you begin to feel that way, that's not just your thought patterns. That is the Holy Spirit of God convicting you. And you need that conviction. You need it. You need that conviction. So uh, I recognized I was lost, but then I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did what he promised in the word of God he said he would do. How do I know I'm saved? Well, I know I'm saved for several different, several different ways. And, uh, and if you'd been with us in, uh, as we've gone through these general epistles, there it is greatly discussed in the general epistles how we might know and have confidence that we're born again, especially in the book of 1 John. 1 John is a book that will give you confidence if you're saved and it'll give you conviction if you're lost. It's a powerful, powerful book. Do not neglect study and, uh, and, uh, and reading in the book of 1 John. It is a powerful, powerful book. And he gives us this confidence. Uh, and, he said, and, and then he said in verse 12, if to know Christ is to have salvation. Let's read it again. Notice what he says. He says, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. If you're living in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've trusted him completely and you know that he's yours and you're his, and by the way, that's exactly what he's talking about here. I got married uh, to uh, Helen, it'll be 45 years ago this year. This, this March the 23rd, we will have been married 45 years. I know I, know I look way too young for that. So one time we went to a revival when we were in our 20s. Both of us were in our 20s, and I was doing a revival in this little country church, and she went with me. She went with me two nights. And the first night that she went with me, uh, there was this little girl. She was about three and a half, four years old, and she was flopping around all over the floor before church. And then she looked up at Helen, and she said, you're a pretty lady. And Helen said, thank you. She said, is that your pawpaw? The, the, she came with me then a little bit later in the week on the last night of the revival and the little girl come running up and tugged her on the uh, skirt tail and she looked down and she said, hey sweetie, how you doing? She said, did you bring your papa with you again tonight? <laughs> hey, I, I, I know she looks very young uh, and that's it. As I look just like I'm supposed to look. So <laughs> but, but when I married her, now I belong to her. She belongs to me. That's what Paul tells us uh, when he's talking about marriage. He said, hey, in, in the book of Corinthians, he said, hey, you don't have power over your own body. Your, your wife or your husband does. 
If you're married, you belong to them and they belong to you. And that's what he's talking about when he says, if you belong to Jesus, I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me. We have been brought together in a covenant relationship and I have confidence in my salvation. Amen? Confident. I'm confident in my salvation. That's not what I really want to preach on tonight, though. I want to look down a little bit further. And then he says this. He says in verse number 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye might believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So not only do I have confidence in salvation, but I also have confidence in prayer. And that's what I want to talk about just for a few minutes. Confidence in prayer. And, and, uh, and I've I, I, I got to give credit here. If you've, I, I don't know if any of you know who David Guzak is, but he's a commentator, uh, and he's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful writer, uh, and, uh, and, I, and, and a Part of what I'm going, the little outline that I have is from him. Now, I'm not going to use his words, but the outline belongs to him. So I want you to know that this is not original with me. By the way, there's very little that's original with me. Amen? And I like what Michael said the other day. If we're put, preaching something that's brand new, then we, you better watch out. Amen? Well, because we're not, preaching, we're not preaching something that's brand new. You know what was brand new? was when Joseph Smith found the golden tablets. That was brand new. And I don't want brand new. I want old and reliable. Amen? I want the word of God that, that will stand the test of time and eternity. That, I don't want something new. I want something that's tested. I want something that's solid. I want something that will stand in the judgment day. And praise God, the word of God is never going away. Amen. The world may not like it, but it doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, he, it's his little outline that I'm going to use. It's very basic. Anyone uh, perhaps would have come up with it on their own, but I found it from him. And it's just three points to prayer. Just three points to prayer. Number one, when you pray, now listen to me carefully. I'll tell you, it's simple. It's nothing complicated at all, and it comes directly from the Scripture. When you pray, you have to ask. You have to ask. Notice what he says in that verse of Scripture. And this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask, if we ask. Let me tell you, a lot of people pray and never ask for God for anything. Or if they do, it's so vague. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like these people that, uh, that predict the future. It's going to be real cloudy one day. <laughs> really? Has it ever dawned on you that we're always going to have real cloudy days? And it's going to be a dreary time. Yeah, we always have these dreary times. They're wrapped up in so much uh, ambiguity uh, that, uh, that any, any year would, uh, uh, would constitute what they're talking about. So that what he's saying here is not just, Lord, bless us. Lord, give us grace. Lord, walk with us. No, no. He wants you to ask something specific. I remember, I remember one year, I was, my, dad, I, my dad was my favorite person in the whole wide world. In my whole life. He really was. I thought my dad, especially when I was about 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, I thought my dad was the greatest man that ever walked the planet. You know, I still kind of feel that way. 
Uh, he's in heaven now, so uh, he's walking the streets of gold. But I did. I thought he was the greatest guy. I wait, and I remember every year I was very specific about what I wanted for Christmas. Bella, if you're going to ask for something, be specific. Okay? Be specific. Tell, uh, and, and, but one year, I'll never forget it. One year I told Dad, I said, just surprise me. Honest to goodness, Dad turned white as a ghost. <laughs> he didn't have a clue what to get an 11-year-old boy. I mean, you know, it's like uh, he, he just didn't have a clue. And he asked me four, five, six, seven times uh, before Christmas, are you sure you don't have something that you, you know you want? Be, and tell me what you want. He wanted me to be specific. And all I said was, surprise me, surprise me. I'm going to tell you what I got that year. I remember it very, very well. I don't, know if you, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever seen them before. I guess most of you have. But he bought me a gasoline-powered car that was about this big. Now, this was back before radio control or anything like this. And so you had this gasoline. It looked like it was in a, uh, it, uh, it looked like it was in a lighter fluid can is what it looked like. And you had this piece of uh, 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 tubing, uh, that plastic tubing that you put on the end, and that's how you gassed it up with that thing. Uh, and then you started it up, and the thing ran. It was great. We had a wonderful time. Uh, and I remember we went out to the, uh, there was a parking lot in a school nearby. It was a huge, flat parking lot, and we run that thing all afternoon. I had a great time. But Dad still was, he asked me over, was this okay? Is this what you want? Dad wanted me to be specific because one of the things that my dad loved to do was make Christmas fabulous for kids. That's what he wanted to do that. He wanted our Christmas to be memorable. He, he wanted us to get what we wanted and have a great time. And I'm telling you, he went all out at Christmas and he was afraid he might not get me what I wanted. So he wanted me to ask and be specific. Your heavenly father wants you to ask and he wants you to be specific. Tell God what you want. Amen? Ask him. Well, I'm afraid to ask the Lord. Why? You don't have to be afraid. He told you to. He told you to ask him. If God told you to ask him, then you can do it. Amen? Ask. You've got to ask. And you've got to ask and be specific. So not only is prayer asking and being specific, but notice what else he says. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, anything, that covers a lot of things, anything. So I remember Sue Lutz, the secretary that my dad had for so many years. Uh, I remember her giving a testimony in church one time. She didn't give very many, but she gave a testimony in church one time, and she was thanking the Lord that he heard her prayers, and she told about how she was in the office, and somehow or other, she only had one pencil in the office. Needed to go buy some more, I'm sure. And she lost that pencil. And she talked about how she, she didn't have time to go get more pencils. And so she prayed and asked the Lord. And he led her to that pencil and she found it. And you might say, well, I wouldn't pray about anything that, that trivial. Let me tell you something. My, my wife starts praying for a parking space. Uh, when, when, at Christmas time, when we're going shopping, she starts praying for a parking space before we pull out of the garage and head down the road. Lord, give us a parking space. You can ask God the smallest things. He said anything, did he not? Anything. 
There's not anything that's too small for God's attention in your life. You say, but I'm so, you know, how, how can I? The great creator God, how could I go to him with something small, so small? Let me tell you, if he wasn't the great, great creator God, then he couldn't be interested in the little things of your life. But because he is so great and is so wise and knows everything and is everywhere all at the same time, then you can pray about the simplest, smallest thing and when you pray, he can hear you because he said pray about anything. Amen. But not only can you pray about the little things, you can and should, could I say to you, you must pray about the big thing. Now, if you're going to get married, you better pray about it. Amen. You better pray about it. Lord, I want to marry the right person. Because let me tell you something. If you don't marry the right person, it can make a lot of problems. I remember a lady and, uh, at, uh, where I pastored in Virginia, and her name was Mrs. Inge. She was a lovely, lovely lady. She was so faithful to church. But she had a great regret. She married a lost man, and he never got saved. Never got saved. She prayed for him, and she prayed for him, and she prayed for him. He, he, not one time in all the time I pastored uh, at uh, Tabernacle Baptist Church did he ever once come to church. Not one time. I visited him in the home, uh, and I prayed with her, and, uh, and I prayed with him, and I told him about the Lord. But not one time did he ever come to church. And she told me one time, she said, my greatest regret is that I married a lost man. Married he never saved. Now, God's gracious to many. Amen? And many have married someone who was a Christian, married someone that was lost, and God brought them to salvation. We praise the Lord for that. But could I tell you, would it be a whole lot wiser to make sure they're saved before you get married? Amen? Because you need to pray about if you if you and you say well I I am not I I'm just, he is so wonderful I know that he's going to get saved because he's such a wonderful guy be a wonderful guy and still be lost she can be a beautiful girl and still be lost you know as a matter of fact I think a lot of people like a lot of young people are too good looking for their own good amen really seriously my grandson Trent he's too good looking for his own good I guarantee that right now. That boy should have never been made so good looking. I'm telling you, awful, terrible. <laughs> I'm still mighty proud of him, but he's, but, but he, you know, a lot of young people are just, they're just too good looking for their own good. They don't realize that they're going to pay the consequences for their poor decisions, decisions that they made without prayer later in life. So you pray about the little things, you pray about the big things. Now, if I'm going to be true to my uh, statement and, and, and stay within 20 minutes, I've got to move on to the last point. But first of all, we ask. Second of all, we ask anything. And then third of all, we ask according to his will. According to his will. If it's the will of God, you can pray for it with, with tremendous confidence. And he'll hear you. And if he hears you, he's going to answer you. Amen? Amen? Is that right? 
He's going to hear you and he's going to answer you. Now, every, every answer he gives you may not be exactly the answer that you anticipated or you wanted. But if you pray to God, he's going to hear you and he's going to give you what it is in your life that you really need in response to your prayer. Now, this is really important. Stay with me. This, like Michael says, this is the point. This is it. This is where we're going. In just a moment... We're going to get to where we're going with this message tonight, and I want you to hear it. So we have confidence in prayer. I have confidence in my salvation. I know I'm saved. I know I'm born again. I know I'm in the family of God. Therefore, because I have confidence in my salvation, I have confidence in my prayers that if I, that if I pray, if I ask specifically, and I ask anything, and it's within his will, then he's going to hear me and respond to my prayer. Well, how are you going to know you're praying in the will of God? How are you going to know that? Well, sometimes you don't. Did you know that? Sometimes you, you pray for certain things and, and you might not know whether or not they're in the will of God. And so you should pray, Lord, I'm asking you to do this one specific thing. And Lord, I'm praying, and I've prayed this many, many times. Lord, I'm praying that you find this in your will. Lord, I'm praying that as, as you're hearing me, it's not in the scripture, it's not plain, it's not clear, but Lord, I believe that this is a good thing and I, I believe this is an important thing. Let me tell you something. I prayed when I got back from the mission field uh, uh, way back in whatever year it was, 1993 or whenever that was, when I got back from the mission field, I prayed that the Lord would lead me where I needed to be as a pastor. It was important to me that I go where God wanted. And Brother Jim Duval said, why don't you come and pastor our church? And I said, no. I did. I said, no. I said, we, we, just, we just spent seven years 3,500 miles away from a fam any family members. And now you want us to live 1,500 miles from Texas and 850 miles from Georgia? I, no, 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 no. But when I started praying, I didn't know if it was in the will of God. I was pretty sure it wasn't. But when I got to praying about it, praying about it, praying about it, it wouldn't leave me alone. Now, I did a really stupid thing. I really did. I did a really stupid thing. My wife was out in Texas with her family, and I talked to her, and she said, you know what my mama said? Let me listen to your mama. Okay? <laughs> you listen to what your mama said. Yeah. Uh, don't you remember the old song, Mama Said? You need to listen to what mama said. I'm telling you right now. Her mother said, if the Lord wants you in Pennsylvania, you're not going to be happy anywhere else. And let me tell you, her mama did not want us to come to Pennsylvania. But she knew, she knew that if the Lord was leading us here, this is what we should do. And so after I talked to her on the phone, I did a stupid thing. I called the shop at uh, Duval's Lawn and Garden, and uh, Brother Jim was out fishing. I knew he was lazy, but... So I got Ronnie on the phone, and uh, I said, I said, Ronnie, I've I, I just been praying. I said, just, just because I don't feel that, you know, just because you didn't move forward with me doesn't mean I'm not interested or concerned about Nottingham Baptist Church. And, of course, you know what I was really trying to say is, if you still want me, you know. <laughs> but I wasn't going to say that. I said, I've been praying, you know, about the church. I want you to, have you found the right man? Has God led you the right man? You know what Ronnie said to me? I don't know if Ronnie remembers this or not, but Ronnie said to me, 
Well, actually, we've been waiting on you. We've been waiting on you. So I said, Lord, this must be your will. Now we've spent 29 years together. You pray about the little things. You pray about the big things. You let God lead you. You may not know for sure if it's in the will of God, but you pray for him to reveal it, and he will because God loves you, and he wants you to have the best of service in his work and in his ministry. And if he's going to lead you to Africa, it'll be all right. You'll be happy in Africa. And if he leads you to Nottingham, Pennsylvania, you'll be happy there too. Wherever God leads you, he will satisfy you. Where God guides, God provides. But how can you know, know that something is truly in the will of God? Well, I'll tell you this. If it's in the book, it's in the will of God. I want you to turn to another passage of Scripture. I want you to turn to uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. We're going to close with this. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. You know this verse. I quote it all the time. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slack. But is, is long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's in the Bible. Amen? Now, you've enjoyed the message up till now, but you may not like it after this. This is in the book. Did you read that in did you read that in there? I read it in. When I read it, it was right there in the Bible. I read it. Yep, right there. In black and white, right in front of me. The Holy Spirit of God spoke to the Apostle Peter. Peter took his pen and he penned these words. That's what he said. The Lord's not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness, but his long suffering to us word. Now notice again, not willing that any should perish. That all should come to repentance. Some people think, well, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do, and that's nobody's going to do anything about it. Do you know Spurgeon was often accused of being a Calvinist, but he said that there is no such thing as a fatalistic Christian as long as God has opened the door to prayer. What he said. There's no such thing. What, do you, what does he mean by that? Well, the Bible says, and I just mentioned it a while ago, we're to be workers together with him. That means all of us are to work together. But who are we working together with? Who is him? Him is Jesus. That's who him is. We're to work with Jesus. Stop, think about that. We're to work with Jesus. What he said. We're workers together with him, with Christ, with the Savior, with the Son of God. We're to work with him. How do we work with him? In prayer. You know what my dad used to say? My dad used to say, people ask me if my brother can go to hell. Can my brother go to hell if we're all praying for him? He said, well, I hate to tell you this, but your brother, even if you're all praying for him, he can go to hell. Then he said this, but I tell you this, you'll have to climb over every single prayer to get there. Every single prayer. Is it God's will that people get saved? Oh, yeah, he said so right here. Is it God's will that your loved one be born into the family of God? Yes. Does he want to take his blood and wash them white as snow? Yes. Yes, he does. And well, why doesn't he? Why doesn't he save that person? Well, I don't know. When was the last time you prayed for them? 
When was the last time you got on your knees and you shed tears over their lost condition? When was the last time you called their name out to God and said, Lord, I don't want to see my sister. I don't want to see my brother. I don't want to see my loved one. I don't want to see my coworker. I don't want to see my friend that I care so much about. I don't want to see him die and go to hell. The last time you spent a night in prayer, when was the last time you got up at the midnight hour and slipped out of your bed, kneeled beside it, and said, oh God, I'm so burdened. I've got loved ones that are lost. Lord, help me to win them to Jesus. When was the last time you did that? I'm telling you, our church is doing it right. Amen? We're preaching the gospel. You don't come here on Sunday morning and not hear about Jesus. You can go to other churches and you can hear about, my dad used to say, they'll preach about the cows and they'll preach about them cows in Egypt, but they won't ever get around to preaching about the Jesus who died on the cross to save sinners. A lot of them preach about everything else and they never get around to Jesus. We've tried our very best in the years that I've been here as pastor and, the, and all the preachers that are among us, every one of them, we've tried to lift up Jesus, amen? So if we're not seeing as many walk the aisle as we'd like to, what are we missing? We're not missing music. This, I'm telling you, this choir's full of soul-stirring music. Amen? I'll tell you, sometimes I can't, I can't hardly stand it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm over there playing the guitar. I'm probably three keys off because I get carried away with them singing, and I have to shout hallelujah. So we, we, We've got the soul-stirring music. We've got the gospel message. Do we have the knees on the floor, tears in our eyes, and the quiver in our voice as we pray for those we know and love who have yet to come to the saving knowledge of Christ? I'm asking. I'm just asking. You'll have to supply that answer. I've prayed for you. I told you about how I walk around the building up and down. That's where I get a lot of my walking in, especially this time of year. Sometimes I do the silliest things when I'm walking around in here by myself. Sometimes I pray for the pews. Preacher, that's pretty. I know. I pray, Lord, maybe somebody lost on that pew this Sunday. Lord, I pray you deal with their heart. Lord, there may be a broken home, a, a family that's, that Satan has really beaten up. Lord, I pray they're sitting in these pews. Lord, I pray that they'd hear the word of God. Jesus would speak to them. Let's get on our knees, me and you both. Would it help you if I admitted that I don't pray for lost loved ones as much as I should? Would that help? Probably not. But I'll tell you, the reason I'm preaching this message is God convicted me. I was going back to Isaiah. I'd have been a whole lot better there. It'd have been fun. Oh, we'd have had a blast if I'd have preached that Isaiah 28. We would have been talking about the cornerstone. Amen. I lay in Zion a stone, a chief stone, a cornerstone. Oh, it was going to be so much fun. But the conviction of God wouldn't let me let it alone. He kept bringing me back to this one and bringing me back to this one. And I had to say, Lord, I know. I know. I need a little more time in prayer. I need a little more names called out. Because, Lord, I don't want my community to not know about Jesus, and I don't want them to go to hell because nobody ever prayed for them. I don't want my loved one to die without Jesus 
because nobody ever bothered to call their name in. Nobody had time to remember them. Nobody ever got down on their knees and wept for their wicked soul. Nobody ever bothered to do that. And so the Lord didn't deal with them. The Lord didn't move upon them. Say, preacher, I don't know if that's right. We are workers together with him. God answers. You think it's time to do that? Y'all come and get a song ready. Whatever song y'all want, whether you want to lead the congregation or just sing something, y'all get it ready. I want you to know, I want you to know that, that the Lord loves you. Loves your friends and he loves your neighbors. He's not willing that they just die and slip off into eternity in hell. He's not wanting them to do that. He's wanting them to be saved. He's wanting them to be born again. He's wanting them to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And maybe, maybe you have wept over them and they're climbing over your prayers and maybe they're just stubborn and broken and, and, and unwilling. But maybe... They've never been convicted because you've never been burdened. Maybe they, maybe they never felt the weight of the Holy Ghost come upon them, weight them down with the reality of their sinfulness because nobody ever bothered to call their name. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to bring the message. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us from the pages of eternity, from the Word of God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever from the Christ who is always the same, never ceasing to love us, never ceasing to hear us, never ceasing to answer our prayers. Lord, our prayers can't get answered if they're never prayed. Lord, you can't deal with the people that we forget to call out their name in prayer. Oh Lord, burden us for our lost community. Burden us for our lost friends and loved ones. Bring us back to a knee that's bent, an eye that's moist with tears, that we might pray for the lost. Lord, we want to win, we want to win the lost in Grenada. We want to win the lost in Honduras. We want to win the lost in Guyana, West Africa. Lord, we, we want to win the lost in Rising Sun. We want to win the lost in Nottingham. Lord, we want the lost souls of Oxford to know that Jesus loves them. Bring us to our knees, we pray. Jesus, precious and holy name. Let's stand together while they How sing. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he would give his only son to make a wretch's treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring sons to glory. Behold the man
一宿。